this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Destroy them. <laughs> Send them to their grave. I'm confessing to you that I'm mm-hmm. struggling. Crush your drums and your cymbals as hard as you can. I'm just wailing on the kit. What's up, everybody? This is the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. I'm Tim, and I have Matt here with me. Well, not technically with me. Uh, Matt is in Budapest on a bus or on his way to Budapest in Hungary at the moment. It is, uh, what, what is it, 11.30 your time? <clears throat> good morning. Uh, <laughs> good afternoon, sort of. It's 11.38 a.m. And uh, yeah, we are on tour in Europe. <laughs> uh, this will be a unique episode. I, I do well. indeed tour and play in a band and travel on a bus and, and uh, <clears throat> sometimes the timing just doesn't work out for me to be in a place that's not uh, 60 miles an hour going down the highway, sitting yeah. on top of a diesel engine with the drawers slamming open and uh, <laughs> luggage bags rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Uh, the tour the tour is going really well. We talked about it a little bit in the inner circle. I've, I've been over here for about a month. We're on tour with a band called Novelis, who we added two weeks before the tour. Those guys are troopers. Um, they just basically picked up the tour right before it started and dropped everything else and, and made it work. Um, shredders. Those guys, mm. those guys are really talented and have, have done an awesome job opening the, the shows every night. That's awesome. And then, they're uh, um, Europe based. Yeah, they're they're actually cool. from France. Oh wow. They're they're mostly from from Paris. Okay. That's cool. Yep. And then we're we're co-headlining with Bury Tomorrow, mm-hmm. who are from the UK. Okay. And they're nice. they're a great band. We've we've played shows with them before, but it's been a while. In fact, this tour has been on the books since 2019. <laughs> so we're finally playing it and finally getting it done and it's it's more than just like crossing the tour off the list which is honestly i wasn't really sure what to expect because you give it three years people forget that they have tickets to the show Mm -hmm. which which sounds kind of funny but it's it's actually something we've seen happen with the tour that's been booked for a while and then gets rescheduled multiple times yeah that's really not the case with this tour people people are showing up people are buying merch um I've been going to the merch table after we play every night and talking to fans, talking to friends, talking to people I haven't seen in years. And we've, we've been having a great time. It's awesome. Um, if it's the great. shows aren't selling out, they're, they're full. They're really well attended. The shows in Germany are always great. We don't typically um, do, do super well in the UK, like Bury Tomorrow does. Mm-hmm. And so they headlined all those dates and it was awesome to play for four rooms over there. Yeah. Cause we've, we've done years and years of, of investing and to actually be able to, to play for four rooms and um, make some new fans is, is that's what it's all about. You know, that's, that's Fantastic. the point of a yeah. headliner. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. we have another, we have another like two weeks, a little bit shorter, two weeks. And um, we obviously pre-recorded a lot of the, the stuff that's come out over the last six weeks mm-hmm. but we just weren't able to sneak in the last episode and so i do apologize if uh the audio and video is not what you're used to as a listener but this is the real deal experience because this is <laughs> this is as best as we could do tim wouldn't say this about himself but he woke up at 4 50 after four hours of sleep um to pull this off and i'm in the back of the bus because the middle of the bus is all bunks and mostly everyone else is sleeping currently. And then in the front, we have our tour manager and merch guy who are waiting to get to Budapest, to check into hotels and yeah. spend the next two days off here. So here we are. Thanks for here joining us. Yeah. With that said, uh, you know, we've been doing this podcast a long time and I, I think that we've had some unique episodes, but never one where I'm in Budapest and you're in <laughs> <Yeah>. New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, podcasting from AirPods and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And recording Zoom, Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it'll be fun yeah, though. It's pretty cool. We've got some cool topics picked out for us. But before we jump into the topics, uh, I guess mm-hmm. 
Um, well, first things first, if you're listening the day uh, this is released, uh, this is the day after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, mm -hmm. If uh, I was going to say one thing I'm thankful for right now, it's just the ability to do this. Matt and I were talking a little bit in pre-roll about just um, tech technology advancement, even since we started this podcast. And um, it is kind of amazing to me that we can have a decent sounding uh, podcast episode <laughs> that you guys can listen to uh, yeah. when we are, you know, multiple time zones and thousands of miles apart. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's kind of wild. So, so I'm thankful that I'm yeah. thankful for all of you as well, for all of you listening and sticking with us all this time. But just the Absolutely. fact that we're able, able to, to accomplish this is kind of crazy. Yep. I remember walking around Europe when we first came here. 2008 was the first year we toured Europe. And I remember walking with my my phone. I don't even think it was the first time. I think it was like a couple of years in, just walking past these shops at night, just trying to find Wi-Fi. Mm. Like, is there a connection anywhere in any of these stores? And I remember finding some, but not many. And if you did find a network, it was locked. You, yeah. you, you couldn't access it. And Right. Oh my gosh. You just felt, I just felt alone on an Island for yeah. five weeks because I couldn't connect with anybody at home. And, and now I'm, I'm using my phone, uh, my data network and there's Wi-Fi almost everywhere. It's crazy. A lot's changed in 10 to 12 years over here. So yeah, definitely Wild. have a point. It's, it's a good time to have a podcast and yeah. do it remotely. Yeah. <laughs> Among other things. It's, yeah. It's really yeah. nice. So um, I'm going to speak on, I guess, the elephant in the room for most people listening. <laughs> you guys mm -hmm. recently released a single mm -hmm. and you've got a new album coming out. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? I know we've talked to think a little bit about your recording experience, but um, or we knew at least we had touched on the fact that you were in the studio, but um mm -hmm. Yeah. The single's awesome, man. <laughs> Thank you. And you got so Jesse just, on there too, which is cool. Yeah, we just released a, a single called Ancestry. features the um, vocalist for Killswitch Engage. And Jesse did an amazing job on it. Um, Jake actually wrote the song. I'm not going to go into the content behind the song, but it's it's the song that when, when Jake writes lyrics to a song, um, they are... The lyrics are awesome. I mean, every time he writes lyrics, they're they're incredible. But I think these in particular are hard hitting because we released the song with a music video. So you get to have a visual with the song. It's not just you uh, reading lyrics and, and imagining what a music video would look like. You actually have both. Mm. And Jake is actually a really good actor. If you haven't seen the music video, you should go check it out. He does a decent amount of acting in it. Um, so I'm really, I'm really proud of him for putting himself out there and writing lyrics um, to a song like this. I, I think he knocked it out of the park and mm. really shines on this. And not, not just lyrically, I think his, his vocal performance is incredible. Um, yeah. And uh that aside, um, we released the track listing and the album title. Um, it's called Death Below. comes out in March of 2023. We've been releasing a lot of content the last couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have a 20-year tour that we just announced yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, started the band in 2003, and we're going to celebrate 20 years as a band next year. And we'll, we'll be on tour with the Devil Wears Prada and Bleed From Within, who I got to meet some of those guys in the UK, actually, on this tour. Oh, cool. Very nice, nice extremely talented, techie, um, accomplished band that's, that's been around a while, and they're, they're really getting a full head of steam right now. Same thing that's with great. Devil Wears Prada. That band, that band wrote an amazing record recently, and they're they're getting what they deserve right now. Like they're, mm. they're, they're doing great. So we're really yeah. looking forward to that tour. It's, it's going to be two legs. It's going to be a month and then some time off and then another month in the States. 
Cool. So it's awesome. Check it out. Good stuff. Lots to lots to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Very yep. cool. So we we do have uh, somewhat of a time limit today um, because because we we started so early. Um, my wife leaves for work, and um, I have the kids before I get them to uh, to daycare. So, um, mm-hmm. so we're gonna let's jump right into our topics and uh and rock this rock this one out okay sounds good so we um we're going to talk for the drum topic we're going to talk about how you hit and this topic um came to me last night when i was thinking about this tour so this tour i can split this tour into two chapters the first chapter is the first two weeks of the tour so when we started in the uk so just imagine yourself as you're listening to this. Imagine uh, practicing at home on your kit prior to a tour, doing two rehearsals with your band, packing the essentials, so kick pedals, snare, and cymbals, flying a couple thousand miles away and starting a tour on a kit that you own but haven't played in several years, isn't exactly like the one at home, and when you show up to play it to set up for a pre-production day, the hardware that you that you own is not there. It was never sent to the show. So uh, you're putting together a setup to make it work, but you don't really have what you need as far as like cymbal stands, the rack legs aren't there, the hi-hat isn't there, <laughs> uh, the throne is, I don't even think we had the throne. So we just kind of pieced yeah. it together and now you're going into your first show of the tour. You're, you're jet lagged, kind of uncomfortable with the setup. All right, we'll just make it work. My approach to it is just to hit as hard as I can. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what I did. I think the reason for that is I, I'm thinking if I can't, if I can't feel comfortable, I'm at least going to put on a good show. I'm going to entertain the crowd that's here. And when I think about entertaining, when I think about putting on a show, my my first thought is I'm going to hit as hard as I can. I'm going to have these big motions. I'm going to pull the stick up to 12 o'clock and, you know, come down as hard as I can and just mm-hmm. make it a show. And I did that the first show and I was completely exhausted. I, my face was red. I gave it everything I had and I, I felt pretty good about it, but there was a part of me that knew that that's not how I play drums. And, mm-hmm. and there's a part of me that knew that I, I left something on the stage, not in terms of energy and volume, but in terms of performance, like yeah. how accurate were my parts? How did the drums and cymbals sound as I played them? Fast forward to the next day, we played Southampton and uh, I did it again. Big room, tons of people, way more than the first show. Uh, we sold out this this big hall. Well, Bury Tomorrow sold out this big hall. It was like their hometown show. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I do it again. I hit as hard as I can. Um, and after the show, I talked to my drum tech for like, probably like 40 minutes. And this conversation set me up for the rest of the tour. Mm-hmm. He said, how'd you feel tonight? I said, well, I, I'm just, I'm feeling like I'm fighting my kit. Like I'm hitting as hard as I can and putting on a show. And he said, you don't have to hit as hard as you can. He said, Chris, who is our front of house guy, is really good at this job. He can take what you're giving him and make it sound awesome. Mm-hmm. You don't need to give him more than just um, what you always give him. You can hit yeah. the drums and cymbals with, with some um, finesse. Right. You don't have right. to drive through them like a baseball bat through a ball. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we talked for a while and dude, it was, um, it's one of those conversations where you can feel yourself wanting to put up a wall and be like, no, you don't get to talk to me about this. No, we're not going to go here. Like this, this yeah. is too close. It's too personal. Um, I'm letting you in. I can feel you st- like looking into things I, I, I'm not comfortable sharing, right? It's yeah. very personal. Mm-hmm. 
and I just, I just let it happen. I, I, I let my guard down. And we, we, we talked for like 40 minutes and that conversation produced change. Yeah. Me, which is actually going to be our faith topic today too. I didn't intend for that to happen, but <laughs> if, if you, if you want to see change in your life, you have to become vulnerable. If you want to see change in your life, you have to let your guard down and be transparent with the people around you. You have to do that. Um, and you'll see change that, that way. The, the alternate is to protect those things about you that maybe you're not proud of, or maybe you don't want people to see, and there will never be change. You're just going to have that darkness. You're going to have yeah. the same thing you've always had. And, and this tour is testament to that because after that show, I started to work it out. And what happened was it wasn't that I practiced a whole lot to get comfortable in the kit. It was my mentality. I went into the show correcting this idea that I had to hit really hard and give it everything I had to put on a good show and switch that mentality to play the parts well, sit back, relax, breathe, and let Chris take what you're giving him and make it sound huge and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it, it didn't happen the next show. It was a couple of shows later that I actually got there. In fact, it was, it was most of the UK later. I think the, the first time I really nailed it was in Belgium, which was after the, the whole string of UK shows. Right. Yeah. But I went up there and I just had this sense of like, okay, here's what you're going to do in the kit. Here's what performing well means. It does not mean hitting as hard as you can. It means actually being accurate and, and using finesse and letting the kit just, just work with you. Um, so if any of you are listening to this and, and you're thinking, man, a good show, a big show means I need to hit as hard as I can. Um, it, it might be worth looking into um, how dented are your heads, how cracked are your cymbals. You actually don't need to crush your drums and your cymbals as hard as you can in order to get the best sound out of them. That's right. the, the, the best way to do that is actually to use finesse and, and, and touch and not crack through things, but just to, to mm -hmm. hit them and let the microphones do the job. Yeah. That's great. I love that. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring some balance actually <laughs> to this topic and come at it from the other side, uh, hitting too softly, um, because, <clears throat> um, so for the longest time when I started drumming or I guess not when I started drumming, but when I got my first kit and I was drumming, uh, often, uh, you know, mm -hmm. hours each day, as opposed to, you know, here and there when a kit was made available to me, <laughs> um, my problem was that I never I never played with headphones and my dad worked from home uh, and my kit was set up in my bedroom, which was on the same level as his office. And um, keeping the drums quiet was part of what I had to do and part of what I felt like I needed to do because it was really loud, no headphones, no earplugs, nothing. And my dad was working. And so... Um, if I got on the kit for a couple hours, I had to just, you know, keep it quiet. So what I learned um, that a lot of drummers struggle with because of that was that finesse. You know, I could hear mm -hmm. what I was doing and and work on what I was doing because I was playing so quietly. But then as soon as it came into a, a studio situation... Uh, like for live, it was actually great because at that time I wasn't playing any big venues. I didn't, you know, um, the the drums weren't mic'd, but like it was a small enough area where I could kind of control the volume of my drums, which was huge mm -hmm. and what a lot of other people couldn't do in the same scenario. But then mm -hmm. when I got into recording situations, I was having articulation issues where the mics they were picking up the drums but it didn't feel powerful like it didn't feel the what was what was coming behind it wasn't enough you know and then on top of that um once you put headphones on i couldn't hear the drums the same way and mm. so it felt different i i i you know i guess naturally started playing a little bit harder just to almost uh 
bypass the headphones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but mm-hmm. in addition, um, I wasn't able to really, you know, I was getting that the articulation on the kit that I needed in a studio setting. So I actually had to teach myself the opposite thing. It was more natural for me to play quiet, to play soft. Um, mm-hmm. Like think of like jazz musicians, like think of a corner three-piece jazz band. That's pretty mm-hmm. much how light I was playing the kit. Um, and mm-hmm. I was trying to play like pop punk. <laughs> you, can't, you can't really play mm-hmm. pop punk <laughs> like a jazz drummer most of the time. So um so I had to learn actually how to how to hit it harder. But um I think hitting like so so as soon as you were like hit, you know, hitting the drums as a topic, I was like, mm-hmm. this is like such a fundamental thing. And I know we've talked mm-hmm. about aspects of hitting, like we've talked about uh like accented notes and we've talked about um, you know, like stick grip and things things like that that have to do with hitting but we've never really hit hitting Mm -hmm. head on Mm -hmm. you know we've never really gone at it and so i feel like this is just a really good conversation in general for drummers to have because everyone has a different perspective about how they should do it um Mm -hmm. you know we've also talked about like where on on the heads you you hit and like how to kind of gauge your consistency um, cause that is a big thing for me, like hitting when it comes to hitting, it's like consistency. How mm-hmm. can I, ha- can I, how can I make the most consistent sound, um, on a stroke, uh, throughout a song, you know, and that usually comes down to hitting closer to the same spot more often and hitting with mm-hmm. the same velocity or power. Um, you know, so, uh, but I, I think what the, the point you made, um, is actually beyond just hitting the point you made is is mm-hmm. what you bring to the table at a show it's yeah it's, I, it's some it's one thing to think that you need to um to bring more enthusiasm and maybe that can mm-hmm. show itself Showmanship. in your mannerisms and how you're moving around which i completely agree with i'm gonna pl- it's gonna i'm gonna look very different in the studio than I would at a live show because you're bringing a little bit more energy, a little bit more enthusiasm. But um, how do you do that without sacrificing the quality of sound, right? Mm-hmm. Or what comes out of that performance yeah, from, on the kit we're, level? We're kind of talking about, well, it's not that we're kind of, we are talking in terms of my performance. I was approaching a show from a perspective of, showmanship Mm -hmm. how do i how do i perform in a way that's entertaining and and so as a listener you can ask yourself what is it that you think is good showmanship what do you think it is that is that makes you an entertaining drummer Mm -hmm. and what i realized on this tour um is is that my default like my baseline for when i think about being a good showman is hitting hard big swings loud mm-hmm. volume and it, it took me a little while to figure out especially after this conversation with spencer that was really helpful it, that it's it's not that actually it's yeah. it's um it's really centered around a word that is the word is intentional your hits have meaning and conviction hmm. they're not random and haphazard but they are played with with musicality not with just just hammering down with a sledgehammer (laughs) on a plastic you know skin across a drum Mm -hmm. head right if you really think about it from that perspective then you would never just hit something as hard as you could if you're thinking Mm -hmm. in terms of musicality right you don't sit down at a piano and just go bang 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 Mm -hmm. as hard as you can I mean, you could be hitting the right notes, but it, it's not going to sound musical. It's not going to bring people in. It's, it's yeah. almost it's almost an immediate indicator of a beginner mm-hmm. when you hear someone doing that. Yeah. And yet that was the way mentally that I approached those first shows as a baseline. Mm-hmm. So the first question to ask yourself as a listener is, what, what do I think it means to be a performer? What do I think it means to to deliver a good drum performance. 
Okay. And maybe write that down. Maybe write three things down for me at the beginning of the tour. If I had to, if I had to say it myself, um, it, it, it would have been like, um, loud volume, um, hard hitting and fun to watch. And, and now a month into the tour, uh, I'm reminded, of course, I've, I've known this at times throughout my career, but I had to, I kind of had to face it all over again for the first time. It's more like finesse, intentionality, and joy, fun to watch, fun, you know, the drummer is having fun while playing. Yeah, yeah. Those three things in conjunction. The, the other thing I want to talk about this um, about with this, Tim, is that your front of house guy or your studio engineer or your bandmates or whoever's in the room watching you or listening to you is, is going to have a better experience if you're dynamic in your playing. And those first couple shows, it was all up 10 or 11 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. And once you do that for long enough, everything's loud. Nothing is mm. loud because everything is loud. Yeah. And I don't know why I forgot that. I've known that for, for years, but I, I definitely, it all went out the window those first couple of yeah. shows. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> gosh, what am I doing? So it's just a nice reminder that you don't have to hit things as hard as you can in order to right. give a good performance in order to get a good sound. It's actually the opposite of that. It's important mm -hmm. to be dynamic. It's important to conserve your energy. It's important to play with musicality yep. instead of hammering everything home. Yeah, I mean that, that's like that's a great point. I mean, in uh, in a live setting, you know, the volumes have to match the drums, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the drums are probably the only thing on stage in most cases for most bands that it's it's you know aside from the vocalists, it's you know mic'd up. Everything else in many cases is electronic, and you have lots of control over the volume. So in a mixing setting, you're trying to make sure that the uh, the rest of the music is cutting through the drums. True. And you know, in your case, you're you're mic'd up, um, so it's actually going to give your front of house guy more capabilities. Um, there's a delicate balance, I think, because if you're hitting too quietly, then automatically he's going to have gate issues like a gate for those of you listening that mm -hmm. might not know what that is is basically it's you're you're setting a, a limit to what actually gets picked up by the microphone mm -hmm. um and you're you're finding that narrow space where that 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 drum stroke is cutting through so that comes through but everything else you know before and after basically gets cut out um mm -hmm. That's the easiest way I know how to explain it without getting too, that's a good, <laughs> too that's, technical. That's a good description um, of what it is. So you have to find that delicate balance. Um, but if you're hitting too hard, you're going to be blowing that microphone out. Your gate is gone. And if you're hitting too quietly, then the the gate's actually going to remove it. It's going to mute that mm -hmm. that stroke um, or the full uh, effect of that that sound isn't going to come through. So, um, so it's actually better to just have like just to just play, you know, um, mm -hmm. which for, for many people listening, coming at it from you're in this, you're in this metal band, this angry, loud music with blast beats. It might be surprising. Like you're not just going out there and hitting it as hard as you can. That's not, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not what you're doing. Uh, but it's true. Like the musicality doesn't always come through when you're just wailing on the kit and mm -hmm. uh, you're going to see the lifespan of your heads decrease and, probably the lifespan of your symbols unless you're hitting them perfectly but if you're just wailing on a symbol mm -hmm. uh you're probably going to break some symbols <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> right? uh, and some heads. sticks and you're going to go through sticks like gangbusters as well um mm -hmm. so uh there's a lot to say about about hitting um i know some drummers that uh they break sticks so much more than I've ever broken sticks. And I use pencils for sticks. I mean, I use seven A's. Like that's what I play with. Mm -hmm. And my sticks last longer than some of these guys using like two B's, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, like, you know, bigger, much bigger sticks. Um, my symbols last longer. My heads last longer. I think, you know, um, it's, it's how, how I'm hitting that has to do with that, you know, that the lifespan of these things. So, um, mm -hmm. So there's a lot that can come out of it, but to your point, um, 
you know, in a live situation, you can still perform, you can still give it your all and you can still, you know, flail if you want to, you could still bring that stick up to 12 o'clock, but it's about the control coming down where you don't feel like mm-hmm. you have to bring all of that. You don't have to drive yes. into it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really helping anybody, <laughs> especially not your band who uh, yeah. feels the need or, or your front of house guy, if you have one, uh, you know, who feels the need to now compete with the volume mm-hmm. of your kit on stage. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I want to make another distinction based on what you just said too, Tim. Um, so there, there is a difference between hitting hard and driving through your drums mm-hmm. and cymbals. Um, you, it's it's possible to it's it's possible to hit a drum in a way. Well, I'll just back off this a little bit. So if you hit a drum. And I hit the same drum, same room, same mics, same tuning, same sticks, same C height, everything. You're going to hear a difference between the way you hit it and I hit it. So in other words, the drum sounds different. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's that's wild to me. Because yeah. you're just you're hitting a drum with a wooden stick and everything is the same except for the person using the, you know, mm-hmm. that's holding the stick. And so there's a lot of character that comes through in your plane. And, and when you're muscling every stroke, you're taking away from what makes your plane you like, what, what, what is your sound? Mm -hmm. Your, your sound is all the nuances and how you hit something. If you're not a drummer, this sounds wild. Like you're learning a lot just by hearing how we're talking about hitting something. But I just recorded a drum sampler over the last five years and we had the one producer come in and hit the drums, same drums, same mic, same everything. And it, it would have been a different drum sampler. Like the, the drums sounded that different just based on somebody else hitting them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that might be the most important thing. Don't, don't give up your personality on the kit by thinking that you have to be the hardest hitting drummer out there yeah and i think some of this comes from the era in which i started playing drums which is like the guitar center drums are up on a riser spotlight on them you sit down you're three feet in the air (laughs) and you think i got a drum solo like my last (laughs) thought would be to hit quietly or softly (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you know you have to undo that you know mentally which is why i said earlier when you go into a show, when you go into a performance, a practice, a reporting, playing drums on a Sunday morning, like what, what, what are you taking with you mentally to that? When that, when you sit down and you start to play, what is your expectation of a successful set of a good performance? Mm-hmm. Write those things down. What is it to you that would be a successful Sunday morning performance in church? Yeah, I would argue in that case, it's to not be seen, to not be noticed, to not be mm-hmm. a distraction, which means you're trying to do everything you can to just give the band what they need and not be too much. That's going to be the case in most uh, like large pop artists too, like to kind of sink into the back and, and just give the song what it needs. True. Right? In most cases. Not just, not just church worship, you know. Yeah. Metal might be one of the only exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me- metal rock, uh, anything that's not you know, top 40. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. So what, so, so what I want you to do as a listener is what I had to do mentally on this tour. If you really want to grow in this, I want you, I want you to grow as a listener in this. I, I want you to grow as a drummer. in this. Um, I think it's an important area because it just popped up in my life and I've been playing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Write down the, the top three things based on your application with drumming that, that defines a successful professional scenario on the drums. It might just be that you practice and you don't even play with a band. What would be a successful outcome and performance? Mm-hmm. And once you look at those three things, I want you to sit down and I want you to play with those in mind. And, and, and evaluate what your performance is like compared to what it's been like. I yeah. think if it's anything like me, it's not going to be an overnight shift. 
but you'll have your Brussels, Belgium show where after a week and a half of playing, trying to figure this out, you get up and you play with intentionality, musicality and purpose. And you give the drums and cymbals, um, you don't destroy them and <laughs> send them to their grave, but you make them sound the way they should sound. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I'd love to see like, like I, cause you're, you're so right. Like if someone else gets on the kit, same stick, same kit, same setup, everything, uh, it is going to sound different. I'd love to see like at a macro scale, what's happening. Cause in, mm-hmm. you know, if you take two really proficient drummers, they're hitting on beat, you know? So mm-hmm. if you were to set up, say like a high speed camera and get slow motion shots of the hit, the stick hit, um, yeah. that the, you know, the tip <clears throat> of the stick is landing on the snare or whatever it's landing on the drum at the exact same time, but mm-hmm. what's happening getting there that changes mm-hmm. like scientifically speaking, you know, like what mm-hmm. is the, is like, you know, I, I think like, it's probably like a difference in when you move your, your ring and pinky and how the you know, the stick rebounds off of your palm. Like there's probably mm-hmm. like subtle differences that with a high speed, slow motion camera, you'd yeah, be able to pick up like, wow, they're hitting at the same exact time. Like at, you know, point zero is the same, but that backup is mm-hmm. so different in how they're driving the stick down, like the <laughs> arm movement. Like, so it's really, it really is something. And it, it's crazy how much personality, like when you think about it that way, there are endless variables as to how Mm -hmm. someone could actually hit a drum. And so there's just so many personality points that can be attributed to that one Mm -hmm. hit, which is just, again, this is why I love drumming. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, there's so nuanced. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And anyone listening, that's not a drummer is probably like, you guys are crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) But, Mm -hmm. but this is, this is crazy. I love it. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's insane. So, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much what I have for the, the drum topic. And I, I feel yeah, like I, great. I feel like we covered all the bases there um, with it. I, I think we should do, you know, I think we should do another episode down the road where we talk more about um, what this means, but I think this is a good starting place. Like, yeah. Hit the ball in the air and start running for first base, you know, maybe down the road, we can talk about what happens once you get there and you look back and you figure out, okay, I think I have more of my sound figured out. Um, then, then, then maybe you can work on more of the showmanship aspects of Mm -hmm. like, you know, spinning your stick and yeah, we should talk about showmanship at some point. Yeah. That'd be, that's a good, that's a good topic. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Okay, well, for the sake of time, we, we have about 15 minutes left um, till you have to put on a different hat for the day. Yeah. Um, so we're going we're gonna to switch to our faith topic. Our faith topic is also one we came up with last night, and this has to do with change. Um, recently, for those of you who might not be aware of this, we lost a, um, a friend of ours named Claire. She was a part of the Inner Circle for a long time, I was actually talking to uh, her dad last night, um, and he's trying to figure out, you know, how to um, <laughs> how to move on after losing yeah. his daughter. And we've we have we have been friends with Claire for a couple of years now. She was a drum student of mine for a while. I, I probably probably gave her fifteen drum lessons over the last two years. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, I think we've all been thinking about how fragile life is after we lost her and, and just, uh, how, how short life is. Um, and I was thinking about change so much. I think so many of us wait for new years, wait for a resolution, wait for something big to happen to make a change in our lives. And I think that, um, we can do better at just realizing that life is short. Life is fragile. And if we want to make a change, why wait for something to happen to motivate us to make that change? 
So for me, uh, going on a tour is a good, a good reset because I leave home. I leave my comfort zone. Um, and I go out for five weeks or six weeks and I have to say, okay, what is it that I want to make a change in? This is kind of like a new year's resolution. I actually did that before I left for this tour. I was like, I want to make a change in this area of my life. This is a good time to do it. October 19th, I'm leaving for Europe for six weeks. Mm. I'm going to start doing this now. I'm going to make a change in this area of my life. Um, so I want to open that up for discussion with you. I know not everyone has that same experience of leaving home for six weeks, but certainly there are times that we can look and be like, okay, I, I want to push the, you know, push the reset button and I want to try to make a change in this area of my life. And I don't have to wait for January one to do that. Yeah, that's right. This is, it's funny. I've, I have this conversation quite often with a, with a friend of mine who, uh, you know, quite frankly thinks that new year's is the stupidest thing ever <laughs> because people put so much stock into it. And it's like, you know, a second later, it's the same, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like nothing changes mm -hmm. really. Um, other than your perspective or, you know, your own perception of <clears throat> what day it is or what, you know, what you're able to do with it. <clears throat> so, so I've spent a lot of time talking about this, um, but but more recently, you know, when you sent me this topic idea, my mind started reeling because I've had a lot of conversations recently uh, just about like, like different things, different causes, I guess. Like how can we, like just thinking about how can we make a difference here? How can mm -hmm. we do something about this, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, a friend of mine, um, also in the inner circle actually had reached out, um, about, you know, just, uh, multiple people in, in his life have committed suicide recently. Mm. And he's just like, what, what are we doing wrong? How can we make a change here? How can we make a difference? And, and my immediate thought was like, you know, ultimately we can't, we can't make someone choose life versus death like that's not mm -hmm. something we can force someone into i mean we can we can lock them up <laughs> that's what they would have done back mm -hmm. in the day or you know mm -hmm. even nowadays like you're suicidal right we're putting you in an institution but is that the solution does it maybe it saves their life but it doesn't really treat the issue right and and so my immediate mm -hmm. thought was like let's like let's break the stigma around getting help around mm -hmm. counseling you know, there's this idea that if you go and ask for help from somebody that you're weak, mm -hmm. it's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. If you're going to counseling, there must be something wrong with you. And like that is mm -hmm. a very harmful and inaccurate stigma. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, at least living life, I think we all need therapy in one form or another <laughs> we've all mm -hmm. we've all been damaged at some point uh there are things that have you know happened in life that we haven't fully worked through that affect how we function how we act how we communicate and for me it's like we all could use therapy like it would help every single one of us to talk about it and it's actually a biblical principle to to talk to people and to I mean, the Bible puts it like, uh, you know, about confessing. Um, but I think it it applies across the board. Like it, we we shouldn't take it as simple as talk to someone and confess your sins. Tell people what you've done wrong. I think it's con confessing is like, hey, I'm feeling this way. This, you know, mm -hmm. this is this is what I'm going through. <laughs> I'm confessing to you that I'm mm -hmm. struggling. I'm having a hard time. And, uh, and it's, it's partially this culture, but I think, um, you probably see this universally. It's, 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 it's frowned upon or looked down upon, or, you know, it, it's, you're being vulnerable. So vulnerability is always difficult for humans mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, 
intimacy is is hard for humans in general um but being vulnerable it, you know it it takes it takes you you know a opening up to somebody but b um taking that step to actually admit that you need it <laughs> right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um so my thought was like okay so how do we make this change and i know i'm kind of veering off on a on a slightly different topic than making a change but um but for me it was like it ended there <laughs> it was like okay we got to break the stigma that's the solution now what mm -hmm. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and uh that was that conversation happened a week ago or two weeks ago and it's like okay have i done anything about it not really uh, do mm -hmm. I know what to do about it? No, but um, but we can make a change. Uh, I want. I think what I want to speak into in this is, no matter who you are, no matter what position you have, you can make a change. You know, some of some of you might be thinking, um, "Oh, you guys have had this podcast for three years and have X amount of listeners. It's easy for you guys to say, just you know, make a change, like do something." Uh, and it will actually have an effect, which to your point, if you're saying that is, it might be true. We do have some level of influence, Matt, so, Matt more so than, than I do. Um, but we all have a circle of influence that, that is something that no matter who you are, you are going to be able to impact somebody, whether it's a friend, uh, a family member, or just someone that you meet on the street like you can change someone's trajectory with a simple interaction so mm -hmm. i think we need to approach change like that we need to just know in our heads that we one simple act can change someone's life can change someone's day at the very least. And if we're intentional about that, I mean, imagine what we can do. There's this, there's this great um, uh, commercial series. Uh, it, was a, it was an amazing ad campaign. I actually don't remember. I guess it wasn't that amazing because I don't remember who, who actually put it out there. But um, it, was, uh, it was, I guess, a, a heartwarming series of commercials about oh, yeah. um someone noticing something like a, a kind <laughs> act that someone was doing for somebody and then they in turn mm -hmm. would do something kind for someone else and there was just this chain reaction of kindness um that would happen just because oh, one God. person started this act of kindness you know and mm -hmm. and i want to approach life like that you know um, you never know who's watching. Uh, for me, like having kids made me realize how impactful what I say and what I do can be mm -hmm. for my kids. Um, like it can change the course of their day. Um, mm -hmm. And this dawned on me recently when my son came home from school, got off the bus and he was, you know, looking a little dejected, looking like he um, didn't have a good day. And so my mm -hmm. first thought was like, oh, did something happen at school? Um, yeah. <laughs> but but no, he uh, he was upset because um, I had uh, disciplined him in the morning. I'd gotten a little Aww. I'd gotten a little angry at him um, and, you know, told him he had to shut off the iPad or whatever it was. <laughs> and, and he had spent this entire day probably you know, not living his full potential, not being his best self because I had done this. And we can't go too hard on ourselves. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things on the daily that we're not proud of. But um, but it was just a it was a clear reminder to me that like I changed the course of his day with how I reacted to to him. And that for me as a parent is like, I need to be more intentional about mm -hmm. how I interact, how these interactions take place, right? Because mm -hmm. I can make a change in my own life. I can make an, an immediate change. Um, now I know, again, I'm still <laughs> veering off of your original topic, but I think the the sentiment here is um, we don't, our days are numbered. We don't know how much time we have um, or mm -hmm. whether it's how much time we have personally or how much time we have with the people that we are with. Um, mm -hmm. our days are numbered and that's just how it is. And, and so 
how are you going to interact and, and live your life intentionally to mm-hmm. make a change? And if there is something that you've been meaning to do, I know we've said like in the past and in relating to drums, like you've wanted to post these drum videos for a while, or you've wanted to get on the kit or you wanted to start playing drums, just do it. Yeah, I didn't have like, yeah. Just make that change now. <laughs> just start, you know, get started. If, uh, if you're feeling like some, you know, someday I want to rekindle this relationship. It didn't end up, you know, you know, we left it off kind of sour and I haven't talked to this person in a while. Make that change. Now go talk to that person, go rekindle that, that friendship or that relationship, or at least give it a shot, Mm -hmm. you know, just try. Um, because I know Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, there are, there are lots of things as I get older that I wish I had done and didn't have a chance to do it. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you do have to, in some cases, live in the moment, live in the now and, and do things with intentionality. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that pushes your thought process along at all, Matt, but. Yeah, that, that is, a, it, it's a different direction than what I had, uh, thought about when I thought about change, but it's it's, it's equally as important, which, uh, I think you're, you're approaching this more from a, um, perspective of helping other people. Mm-hmm. And my perspective was a little bit more, um, personal in saying, I, I don't like this, this aspect or this attribute in myself. Uh, like my dad used to say, he used to talk about things in life being like a trap don't, don't get your foot stuck in that trap. And as a kid, you know, it was a good visual because I grew up trapping and hunting and it was a part of my life. Like you, 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 you set a trap and you hope something steps into it. And when he would say, you know, don't get your foot stuck in that trap. It was like, ouch, that would hurt. And then I'm, then I'm not going to be able to get out of that thing. And I thought about it recently because that's, that's really what sin is. It's a trap that is, is going to prevent you from, from flourishing, you know, from, from moving forward. It's going to keep you in place. It's actually going to set you back. Um, and I think your, your take on this is more timely than mine in that, you know, we just lost a friend of ours too, Mm -hmm. too early. And, um, I'm so glad that we can be there as a, uh, podcast but you know more than that just as a community of friends yeah and so how can we look at this and be like all right that's let's try to do more with what we have to your point i like how you said just do it because that's that that's the expression i had in my mind as you were talking um Mm -hmm. you might feel like you don't have a platform you might feel like you don't have um the types the type of friends or type of environment you need to make a change you you do you've been given uh, the life that you have for a reason and you can use the gifts that you've been given to actually make a change and affect somebody in your life and i i think i would i think that i would leave it with this just do it you there's no better time than now life is short life is fragile uh, recently we've had a pretty clear reminder of that. And I think it's, it's an important message to remember in the months and, and years to come that you can right. make a, a change in someone else's life, pay and invest and love someone else. And, and you just never know how far that can go. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes to your point, it starts with you. You know, sometimes you have to make that change in yourself first in order for it to, you know, mm-hmm. affect others as well. So um, maybe that's where you start, <laughs> you know, look at yourself. That's a good point. And then, and go from there, you know, but change mm-hmm. is scary for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people struggle with change. That word is a, uh, a trigger in a lot of cases, like, cause it means mm-hmm. something different is going to happen <laughs> and something different isn't always comfortable. Um but in most cases, it's good. And as uh, you know, if this podcast is uh, means anything, I mean, it's 
you've we've seen change from from day one um and it's mm-hmm. almost every topic that we talk about requires some form of action which will uh instigate change so change is good <laughs> it's easier to embrace it than to fight it uh and if you can be mm-hmm. the one uh if you could be the front runner uh you know producing that change um even better i think i think a good place to end this is um do you remember the drum topic about how you have to you have to let your guard down you cannot build mm-hmm. a wall and expect to see any positive change in your life because you're just going to isolate yourself uh and you're going to stay wherever you are and it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be transparent with somebody else and let someone speak into your life but that's how you affect change the the, right. the same is true in this area um, if, if, if you want to have real meaningful relationships with people around you, you, you can't have a wall up. You actually have to be transparent and you have to be open to, to a dialogue, to a conversation between two people. And right. to your point, that's an uncomfortable place to be, uh, at, at times, but it's the most meaningful thing you can have. And with Claire, we, we had someone in our community who is just an incredible person that um, we're so grateful to have known. And I think that her, her legacy, if you will, um, is one that'll be far reaching and that it's, it's going to make um, it's going, it's going to help us understand how, how short life is and how fragile Mm -hmm. life is. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's good. And this is probably nothing that you guys have never heard before, but um, it's important to be reminded of. Uh, it's a good mm-hmm. reminder for me this morning. Great way for me to start off my day. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I'm about to to uh, to hang out with my kids for an hour or so, and you know, before mm-hmm. I get started with work, and you know, I'm I want to to change their days. I want to, you know, get them started off on the right foot. And, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to set out, you know, I've got a real busy day ahead of me and I want to set, I want to start off on the right foot and, and, you know, make sure that I'm, I'm, you know, entering into conversations with, uh, you know, taking criticism in a healthy way and Mm -hmm. trying to better myself and and, and I think we can approach every day that way, you know, just start Mm -hmm. off, almost with a reset and just say, okay, like, like Matt's tour reset, he's coming, you know, he's going to come back home and, um, he's going to be grounded and (laughs) getting back to, uh, his, his reality. Uh, and, and, you know, what better way to, to do it than just to tell yourself in, in the, in your mind, like, all right, we're doing this now we're, we're mm-hmm. starting, starting fresh and it doesn't have to happen. I mean, maybe new year's day is that day for you, that reset. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can really happen at any point at any time, even in the middle of the day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but if you exactly. want to, you know, even, a, even a new day is a great, great time to start, you know? Right. Yep. That's great. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and, um, mm-hmm. For you, it's the start of your day. For me, it's uh, <laughs> also the start of mine, but it's <laughs> it's noon. Tour yeah. time is different. Uh, if you're listening yeah. to this for the first time, thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Um, we've yeah. been we've been a podcast for, for several years now, and we're really fortunate to have the Inner Circle as our uh, support. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about Claire today. Claire was a part of the Inner Circle, and um, it's just a really great group of um, friends of ours at this point who continue the conversation after the podcast is over. Uh, every podcast, uh, has a drum topic and a faith topic. Um, and we appreciate you listening, supporting and, uh, two podcasts a month, the 10th and the 25th of the month. And, uh, this is the 25th and we hope you had a great Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and we'll be seeing you in December. Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in learning more about, uh, the inner circle, um, it's, uh, it's our Patreon community that supports us, backs us up, uh, it's patreon.com slash Holy ghost notes. And you'll see a number of different, uh, tier levels of support with 
various different incentives. So check that out. Um, I do have a quick shout out to uh, to a new member. So shout out to oh, nice. Isaac Duran. Uh, thank you for thank you Isaac for joining. Uh, and welcome to the inner circle. Absolutely. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah. That's that's really awesome. That's awesome. Great. Well, yeah. thank you, Tim. Thanks for being so dedicated to this and waking up at four fifty in the morning yeah. with a long work day and kids. And, what better way and to everything start else the day? Ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, this has been great. This has been the the tour episode uh, was was great. The bouncing yeah. around in the bus, the bouncing around, <laughs> you know, the loud diesel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> experience. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it. One thank for the for record. Listening. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we'll uh, see you guys we'll soon. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.